0: Welcome to the Savvy Session, your go to podcast about elevating your life and business, sprinkled with a little bit of fun. This podcast is brought to you by Elevate Performance Solutions and Revolu IT Services. And now, here are your hosts, Kirsten Ramos and Paula Kircher.
1: Welcome back to the Savvy Session. As we continue to share stories that elevate women, today we're excited to be speaking with an expert financial planner working with individuals to align their financial plans with their dreams. Today we are
0: joined by Lisa Crosta, the director of wealth management of BPP Wealth Solutions, where she helps her clients better understand their financial picture so they can achieve their dreams. Hello and welcome Lisa. Hello, nice to be here. We are excited to have you on. And Lisa, Lisa, many people have a variety of dreams, such as buying a home, funding their children's education, or retiring comfortably. How can a financial planner help prioritize these goals and create a plan that accommodates multiple objectives?
2: Great question. Um, So when we do a plan for clients, when we work with clients, the vast majority of them, we do a full financial plan. And most people don't know what that means, but the reason we do it, and I'll explain it, is so that we can work on these all different complex goals that happen at different times and have different timelines. So when we do a full plan, we start with, let's look at all the income sources, let's look at all the expenses, let's look at all the assets and all the liabilities. And things are titled differently. So in the in the asset world, there'll be different rules. If it's an IRA or a regular mm-hmm. account, you know, is it joint? We're going to try to, we're gonna look at everything. You know, there's great, simple online tools that says, this is how much you have. This is how much you're going to spend. Do you have enough for retirement? We're about a hundred times more complex than that. <laughs> and we really like to dig in. You know, we look at everything. And since we're not just doing a one-year plan, our plan goes out to, we most of our clients, we say, live till ninety-five, so that's what we do. Our plans still, we really spend the time to look at all the stuff that's mo- all the moving parts, and if it's going to change. So when we do a plan, a client may say, "Well, I'm going to do this for ten years, and then in ten years, I'm going to sell this home, or I'm going to change jobs, or I want to change jobs." So we can, once we start building this plan, we can see what it looks like. And we all the time put in there, say they have a ten-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. Everybody wants their kid to go to, you know, we'll say Harvard.
1: So yeah, we sure. put that into the
2: plan, you know, we'll put retirement age, you know, sometimes it's 62, 70, you know, everybody's different. So we start somewhere, but the biggest piece is we're gathering everything. So it's all in there. And what does it look like? Well, sometimes it looks phenomenal. We're like, okay, you can do everything on your list, <laughs> but many times it does not. <laughs> so we look at like, sometimes a lot of times you'll see the goals for retirement. You know, we can see, cause ours is year by year. Okay, it looks good. You can get to retirement, but there's this big problem in the education years if you have multiple kids. So we have these great charts that show you, okay, if you keep saving a little bit more, maybe you'll be able to fund 50% of college. Or if you, or if you save a little bit sooner, maybe they're not saving it. You can It'll show you what percentage of a projected college expense you're going to cover. And a client may say, well, you know what? I, I want to save a little more. But we realize when we start diverting some of those monies from retirement to college, you can't retire at 65, you can retire at 67. So for some people that may be fine, but for other people it's too tight. So you know what I say to somebody, if so you can fund 50%, that's fabulous. Like 50% of 300, $200,000 is a lot of money. So what? Are they, how are they gonna do the other 50%? Student loans, You know, part-time job, You know, maybe they'll go to a less expensive school first. And then there's so many options. And this is kind of cliche to say, but you can't borrow for retirement you can borrow for education. So that's uh, for most people, the the core thing, we've got to make sure that works. And we can't overspend earlier and and do everything for everybody else, but not take care of ourselves in retirement. Um, So the plan really puts everything together. Um, And then, you know, sometimes we put in there, it's looking great, and they're all through their years of working, but there's not enough for retirement. So then we factor in, okay, what if you sell your home? What if you downsize? Is Is that a reasonable assumption? Do you live like where I live in New Jersey, where it's very expensive and you want to live somewhere else. So we can do a model where, okay, let's sell this house, pay the taxes. The plan does all the taxes and maybe move somewhere that costs a little bit less. So that may be how your plan works. You know, you have to downsize. Some people don't have to do that. Um, Modeling working longer um, or working differently is huge. Um, I just did this just yesterday for a client. You know, he wants to retire sooner, but he doesn't want to retire cold. So if I just retire him next year, it's a little tight. Well, he works part time for three years. He he has a good paying job. So three years of a good paying job is phenomenal, changes the outcome. Um, So it's all in there. And once we build it, we can play around with it and constantly tweak it, you know, as we go on. Kristen, I, I see you're going to ask a question. <laughs> I mean, I
1: love, I love this because, you know, I, I look at it as there's so much optionality. And I think a lot of times, I mean, I'll, I'll just use myself as the example. Yeah. I think of it as like, well, this is it. <laughs> like, this is what it is. And, you know, when I, when I think about finances or I think about financial planning and knowing that there's optionality and being like, Hey, things may look bleak at, at, as you look at this plan but there there are options as yes. to how we're going to get to a place where it's like i do have enough money to retire and i do have the longevity of that that 95 years of being able to take care of things myself and not have to rely on a child or um right. a state run facility or or, or something yes. something yes. something scary like that yes. um right. what i also love when i think about optionality is, you know, how you mention that you align your client's dreams to their, you know, and their life goals. How are some of the ways that you recommend bridging those gaps? If someone says, you know what, I decided, I know we created this plan, Lisa, we created it two years ago. Now I want to buy a lake home and I want to buy it within the next five years. So not saying tomorrow. But we didn't factor that into the plan. What are some options that you give those clients? And it doesn't have to be a lake home; it could be right. something else. But right. you know, that's right. one that's near and near and dear to my financial planning heart.
2: So I'm <laughs> chuckling because I wrote notes here, and one of my examples was to use this. You don't know the client, this person's name, and it's about buying a lake home. So <laughs> it was funny here, that you asked that. So why can you use my name? Just, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> just had a client that wants to buy a lake home. Can't afford to buy a second home. It's it's not a gray area. The answer is no. Um, But you could sell your home and buy a lake home. But they have kids in high school. So I said to him, "Is this lake home in driving distance of your job?" Because he's in his fifties. He's like, "Yeah." And I said, "So when your kids kids are in high school, when your kids are done with high school in three three years, it's all it is three years. You could sell your home and buy a lake home, so you can enjoy your lake home while you're still working." Cause he said to me, I don't, the key was, he said, I don't want to wait till I'm too old to, to enjoy it. Right. So you don't have to, you buy one in an area that you can still get to work with. Your kids are done with the school. So you don't have to change them. And his wife was like, yeah, obviously, you know, obviously John, it's not his name. We're going to do that. So it, it, you know, worked with his goals. Um, the other example, I think of when you say that is that you have to be honest with people. So if they really want to do something then there may have to be something they have to give up. Yes. You know? I mean, not, you know, some people don't have to give up anything, but most people sure. do. Most regular <laughs> people do. And, you know, there's clients that have worked longer than maybe they wanted to because they want to be able to do something. They sure. want that second home or they want um, you know, whatever it may be. They want to be able to travel. I had somebody yep. once put on a $20,000 travel budget for 10 years. Like, okay, well, then you can't, you need two more years of work to make that work. Yep. Um the other thing, we talk about, you know, being like nimble is I always, when the plan works, you know, remember there's a ton of assumptions in there, sure. right? Rates return inflation, and we can change all of them. And for lots of my clients, we pretty much everybody, we dial the rates of return down, like the actual rates of return, maybe some 8%, whatever it might've been, you know, we put in low numbers, we put in sixes, we, we try to be conservative. Yep. I mean, I've had clients say to me, let's, what's the, how, what makes the plan blow up? Like what makes it not work? If I make inflation higher than the rates of return, it usually blows (laughs) up. Right. (laughs) And that may happen for one year. That doesn't usually happen for your whole life. Right. right? You know, but I got a little sidetracked. My point is that you can, when it looks a little bit tight and I, and I say to a client, the biggest year you have to be flexible is in your year of retirement. Because if that's two, if that's a 2008, this plan works, but if your retirement year is 2008, you can't retire. Yeah, And because when you withdraw in the year that the market goes down 20%, the first year, it's incredible how it really hurts your plan. So sometimes I say that to clients, just remember this plan looks great. But if, because everything's kind of tightly fit in, if it's a 2008, you're going to have to work another year. If you want to do the other, you know, the things you want to do. For sure. I mean, and, and that's always, that's always my
1: question is, but what about the people who retire in the year that it's the awful economy? Mm-hmm. And and it's sometimes that last the- point, multiple years. Yeah. So yeah. It, like, that's always what scares me. Yeah. I mean, like-
2: it's a valid fear and yeah. there's other things to do. We do other things to protect that. You know, we, if you have, if you're taking social security that year, you know, maybe that's the year that you don't travel, don't buy a new car and you live off some more fixed income. And we try to build some fixed income for our clients. Well, one, we hope we're all going to get social security. So if you've been working consistently, sure. that's a substantial number. And, and if you're married, it may be two people. We also tend to use another leg, we call it another leg of the retirement stool and sometimes use annuities with income guarantees on them for a small piece or potentially bonds, which provide income. So in those, so maybe in that first year you may have enough income without selling anything. You know, there's dividends, there's bond income, there could be annuities. So we build those little other streams of income. They can get you through a bad year because usually it's not that long. You know, I mean, okay. 2020 was back up before, you know, the year even ended. 2008 took a little bit longer, but most of the rebound happened pretty quickly. OK, so um, a year, if you can, we call it if you can build a foundation. So you use that in that really bad year, it can help you you know, get to the point where then you can start withdrawing a little bit more.
0: These are great tips you're sharing because I just, my mind, you know, as I'm getting a little closer to retirement, I'm just, you know, visualizing like what that looks like. So that's good to know. I'd even contemplate thinking about making sure the year you do retire that it's
2: not in a down year. So that's a great tip. Have a plan if it is a down year. Yeah. Or have the backup plan to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else we do, which I love to do, is if you have enough, we um, sometimes will take the entire year of income that's needed that was going out in January, and that's your money for the year. So if you're ready to retire, if are going to, cause it's a real flip of the switch when you go from accumulating to withdrawing right. so we're getting set, we'll do a cash management account. We'll put the whole year's worth of it. And, and the, I'm like, you don't have to think about this year. The money's there. You know, we've got 12 months to ride it out. And then if it's really something bad happens or whatever, yeah. then we can start making, you know, other plans. But people like that strategy. And it's kind of a little bit of a relief, you know, and we send it, we don't give them the whole 12 months. We put it in 12 month and then we send a monthly income from it, that's, but it doesn't fluctuate. And, and nicely right now, that cash actually makes a little bit of money because one of the benefits of interest rates going up is it makes, you know, yeah. whatever, 4%. While it's waiting for you. No, I mean, that's great. Yeah. You know,
0: thinking about that emotional aspect of it, especially when you're getting ready to retire. I mean, yeah. that's a great plan to have. Yeah. And Lisa, just as emotions and personal values, you know, often play the significant role in shaping our financial decisions. How do you approach the emotional aspect of financial planning to ensure that a person's goals are addressed with the sensitivity and practicality?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's best. We try to always start with, you know, why are we here? What do you want to do? I mean, I may assume you just want to retire, but that may not be (laughs) what you want to do. So I really try to zip it and listen, you know, for for a while. And it's funny how close finances are with emotions because when mm-hmm. people start talking about their finances, it's amazing what they tell you. And um, listening to their dreams, listening to their goals, and I think giving them the space to do that with no judgment. And I say to people, I, I was, I had a client once that his yearly spend, his yearly expense, and I have clients that their monthly expense he equaled his yearly expense. So the the vastness of difference yeah. for people, there's no normal. You know, there's no normal. So it has to fit for you. So giving people time to express what's important to them, make sure we hear it, you know, address it, build it into the plan. So, you know, sometimes people are miserable at work and the most important thing is to get out of that job. So let's see how much you can make to, to still make your goals. So say you were making 150,000 and you hate your job. Well, if you can make 75 and be happy, let's let's show you that. And I've had clients quit their job after working with us because they're miserable. And they, they're like, oh, my God, I don't have to go find a job that makes that much. I'm going to go make less money and be happier. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have to work for a year longer. Maybe I don't. But I'm so much happier that I don't, I'm don't. i not counting the days anymore. So I think really letting them listen and hearing what's important and then trying to help them walk their way through it. And, and there are times where you have to say to people, you know, if you want to do this, you've got to make a change. You've got to cut something. Or you gotta get it. Go get a raise. Um, and it's amazing when you know what you need. How you're able to go do it. You know, I, I've had. I just kind of go ask for twenty thousand dollars raise. Go do it. You need it. You know your number. Power is you know knowledge is power. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Lisa, I love, I love that because we, we often talk, you know, we've had guests on that, that, you know, we, we talk about assertiveness and those negotiation skills. Mm -hmm. And especially as, as Mm -hmm. women being able to say like, Hey, okay. I, you know, I don't want to rely on a, on a spouse or partner. I want to make sure I'm set for, for myself. And, And that could be looking at my own financial plan and being able to say yes it's great right now dual income excellent wonderful but if if ever that changed i'd want to make sure that i was set up and i and i love this these tips for for people where hey if things change whether it is a market fluctuation whether it is a change in circumstance i know one of the the areas cuz i know we've talked a little bit about Um, you know, these, these flexibilities, but, you know, is there anything that you can share, you know, obviously not naming names of clients, but um, anyone that you've helped that thought, Hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm set up for success. I'm happily married. We're gainfully employed. And suddenly something changes within that dynamic, whether it's um, the, the, you know, a divorce or a loss of a spouse or or yeah. something where mm-hmm. you know you had to sw- kind of switch what they were doing in order to um help them continue to plan to live out their their days comfortably yeah
2: I mean I would say divorce is probably the most common where that happens you know and we definitely <laughs> have had I think last year we just had three different divorce clients and they came to us because how the heck do you plan for what you need if you don't know what you you don't right. know anything. And so right. a financial plan, I've done a few podcasts specifically for, you know, about divorce because planning is so important when you do that. And it's both sides for women. And we've had women who had to pay support yeah. and they needed to know what they could afford to pay. And we had women who were receiving it and they were like, OK, if I get this and we can put in the plan, OK, you're going to get it for 10 years and right. then it's going to change to this. So in 10 years, you have to raise your income by this amount to make this work. Yep. Um, the other one is sometimes people have a couple of women that were older and there was no support. The kids were just finishing college, but there was a division of assets. And you know, how much does she need in this example? Did she need of half of those assets? She didn't want to fight. She just needed to know how much she needed to be able to get set up and redo. You know, she wasn't going after the last penny. She didn't want to be right. in settlement for five years. So we showed her, we're like, okay, if you get this, this, and this, we can get this income from it, you know, without, we're not, investing in the latest AI company, you know, conservative right. returns, <laughs> which would be great, but conservative returns, this is what you're going to spend. You have to continue working or in your salary has to stay. Then this works. And it's like, like people's shoulders go down. Right. You know, like, okay. that, that you can see, you can visibly see the weight being lifted off. Like <laughs> and, oh, it's again, it all goes back to knowledge. Like I, you know, uncertainty in so many things in life is where stress comes from. Right. And when you don't have, when people are uncertain about their finances or scared, they kind of bury their heads and they don't want to know. But when you put the numbers on paper, it just, people are amazed. I've I, Even though we've had a pull a few people to the table, I've never had anybody go, wow, that was a waste of time. You know, people right. are always so much like, oh, that makes so much sense. I get it. And and we do it every year. Now, we don't right. do a financial plan and wave goodbye Every year, because the numbers change, things change, and and we keep our our software that we use. It's we call it live, so it's connected to their account. So when they call us, like last year, which was a bad market year, when a client calls us mid year and they're look because they can see their numbers too. They're like, "Well, how am I affected?" I'm like, "Well, all the numbers are live. That reflects the twenty percent that the S and P's down, or whatever yeah. it was eighteen yeah. percent last year, and you're you're still a good." They're like, "Oh, it's in." There? I'm like, "Yeah, get those are live numbers." So. It's kind of fun to go through it with them and it, and, you know, show them, you know, for certain people, it didn't make a big difference or they're far enough from retirement that, it, that it's okay. Right. That it's, Hey, it's no, normal market fluctuation that happens. And yeah. Yeah. But divorce term. is a big one. Death is a big one. I haven't had too many clients with that recently. My boss that one of our company has, and she actually wrote a book called chaos to joy. And it's all stories of women who use BPP to help get them. And, and I believe. Two of them are deaths of a male spouse, hmm. if I'm correct, and how we help them. Uh yeah. I mean, sometimes there's insurance what? money to invest. There's yeah decisions yep. to make. I mean, you yeah. hope there's insurance money to invest, but if there isn't, what are you gonna do? Right. You know, so true. There's a lot of decisions to make.
0: Lisa, you have given us it, such well. good uh financial insights. We're gonna <laughs> pivot a little bit. Yeah. Because our podcast does focus on fun and so we wanted to ask you what is
2: something that brings you joy in your work? Yeah so uh, I have two things and the first one sounds kind of corny because I do really love it when I do plan with somebody who kind of came grudgingly along maybe with their spouse and then (laughs) the end is the one asking all the questions Um, and so I, I do I think it's really fun when clients can make a decision like they really came cluttered and they walk away and they're like so I love that. The other thing I do really like is I I get a kick out of training the younger people. I've I've worked in a few financial planning de, you know departments, and sometimes the company's bigger, but we tend to be smaller. So I think over the last eight years or so, I think there's been maybe six or so you know kids. I'm going to call them kids in their 20s that have been on my team and I've trained, <laughs> right. and I I enjoy it. And and they've all been sponges. I mean, I got really lucky. You know, they've been sponges and into it. So I I like training the staff. I think it's fun. I think it's fun running the the little divisions within our companies. I, I just enjoy the, you know, some of the synergy of it a lot.
1: Well, and I just I think that's such a testament to you also, because I I think I think of, you know, a lot of times financial planning as like, hey, I'm the financial planner. This person's a financial planner over here. We're almost in competition, but I love that that you really see it as no, 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 it's we're we're kind of a family here and I'm going to take care of these you know, these more junior members. um, And by the way, I I would have called them kids too. So uh, (laughs) but more more junior members as they're trying to launch their careers and giving them the insight that you have. So this, this could be the answer to the next question. It doesn't have to be though, uh, because we ask all of our guests what their superpower is. So I'd love to know what you believe your superpower is and how does it help you succeed?
2: Well, my, my superpower that I don't like, I joke with my kids is super smell and nobody wants that, that power. There's no, there's no superheroes with that power, but for real, I I would say it's terrible. It's terrible. But I would say my superpower is my energy. I don't, I don't really get tired. I don't, I don't use those words that much. I just, I have a lot of energy. So I don't, you know, five five o'clock comes around. A lot of people are like, I'm, I'm fine. I just, I think I get it from my mom. You know, I just have a ton of energy. So I don't, I just don't feel I don't feel, you know, burdened. Well,
0: my, I, I wish I could. I know. I was like, looking, I could have someone, especially in I the know.
1: morning.
0: <laughs> I need your burst. Of I, I'm more but like, I, I do have wine a clock
1: energy, clock at though. five. That's what I'm yeah. like. Okay, I've got energy for some wine, but <laughs>
2: <You laughs> you no, know, I, I have to force myself to go to bed at night. Like, okay, go to bed, go to bed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I would say my energy for sure.
1: I no, love I that, love and it. I feel like that is so contagious. When when someone has high energy, even if somebody's kind of kind of lagging, they yeah. they elevate their energy. So I I love that. I think so. No, that's such a great point.
0: And Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us.
2: Is there anything you'd like to plug or highlight before we let you go? So we are doing a little special. You right. um, know, we we were trying to we talked about doing a discount but we thought it would be more fun to offer a full hour call a lot of people offer a 30-minute free console but we want to call this an hour call and to address a problem i don't want to use solve because i sure i can't promise you i can solve everything but to address a specific problem you know if somebody's really trying to make a decision or i know finances are tricky they're complex there's a lot of layers so we we would like to give our hour of our time, somebody, one of your listeners, or they want to come on and really discuss something with us. And we're happy to do that. You know, and that's a free service. That's so awesome. Generous.
1: Yeah. And and so, is there, and there's no like state restrictions or anything? No, no so, we're licensed
2: and all, no, we can work in any state. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That is excellent. And People we're not going to sell anything, up. you know, I'm, but we're just, right. it's a conversation. It's a, it's a financial yeah. planning conversation for an hour to talk. And, you know, it'd be great if they had something they had a question on, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And Lisa, it has been great talking with you and learning more about your services. And to learn more about Lisa and how our services might help you, please go to thesavvysession.com for more details. Thank you so much for listening and join us next time as we continue to share more stories on business, life, and fun.